Well, good morning. My name is Peter, and I am the lead pastor here at City Harvest, and uh, just want to say welcome. We are glad you're here. We like to say that we do not believe it is an accident that you find yourself here today. Regardless of what got you here or what drew you in, whatever the motivation was or the forceness or whatever it is, it's not an accident. And why do we believe that? Is because we believe that God knows you. God sees you and he cares about you. You might feel that people don't see you. You might feel that others don't check in on you or care about you very much. But I want you to know that Jesus does. And therefore, it is not an accident that you're here because beyond just even hearing the songs that we sing or beyond you even hearing what I'm going to share today or anything else that takes place, the most important thing is, is that you encounter Jesus Christ. And so if you need a daydream as I talk, just keep it to God, your daydreams. But no, it is to allow him to come and reveal himself to you and to show you who he is. Uh, One of our our values as a church family is that we love to gather like this on a Sunday or periodically on other times and come together as a family. One, it's just nice to see other people. And it's nice to be encouraged, to have someone come up and shake your hand. Uh, I don't know about you, but there's days where I've come and I don't really feel like coming. Or there might be something going on in my life and it's hard for me to put a smile on my face. It's hard for my eyebrows to lift up a little bit. But you know, then I encounter someone at the door, I encounter someone in the lobby, or I encounter someone or I just hear someone singing with faith around me and something lifts up. It doesn't mean my circumstance change, but there's something that takes place and I get edified, I get, I get encouraged, I get built up. And there's something powerful about it. It's great to be able to come together and in unity sing about how great God is. And just to be where it's like, man, we are, we're a team and we're just all lifting up our voice. We're a beautiful sounding choir. Now, maybe you tried out for choir in school and you got cut, or maybe they put you off to the side where the microphone couldn't pick you up. Um, or maybe you decided you're never even going to try out. Well, I want you to know that you sounded beautiful today and that you have a voice that God loves to hear because he gave you that voice. And so he loves to hear you sing back to him a sweet song. I always say that, you know, I have you, most of you know, I have six kids and I didn't do that on my own. My, my wife assisted with that process, but we, With my six kids, there was never a moment where they came to me to sing me a song and I said, ah, time out. How about, can can you, I'm going to get you some voice lessons. Before you come back and and sing me happy birthday, before you come back and whatever, I, I need you to go work on your voice. No, I love to hear the voice of my kids. So Aiden, I need you to prepare me a song, okay? Um, you're never too old to sing. Um, real quick, now this could seem like more of a commercial and uh, we want to talk about church center and also about community life. And, but what I want to say is it's not a commercial because um, that's where I was getting at when I said we have a value and I kind of skipped over it. So I'm going to go back to that. The value is we like to come together, but we also know we need to meet in smaller groups and we need to, because, uh, you know, 
there's only so much conversation that can go on in an environment like this. So there's something that takes place in an environment like this, but there's also something that takes place when we get into smaller groups and maybe it's based off of, um, you know, our demographic, maybe it's based off of an interest or something, but there's something special that God can do in those environments when he allows us to be his hands and feet, to bless each other, but he also allows us to, to uh, receive from others that maybe we normally wouldn't be friends with people that are a little different than us that we normally wouldn't spend time with, but he's like, yeah, no, that's exactly who I want to minister to you. And uh, so we have, um, one of the ways we connect is through a platform called Church Center. And uh, if you are a QR code person, you can get that. Now, just so you know, I'm one of those QR code people that um, I believe that my phone doesn't actually have a zoom, and so the only zoom it has is the extension of my shoulder to my hand. I was once actually doing this in the middle of a service, and my dear friend Kyle Andrews, who uh, took a picture of me and, and helped me, uh, he taught me in that very moment during the service that I don't need to use my arm. I can just actually keep my phone really close and zoom in. But that QR code will take you to Church Center. Um, the other way you can get on to Church Center if you do not like using a phone and you don't want to use an app is you can actually just type in churchcenter.church into your computer. And now, this isn't a sales pitch. The purpose of this is so that you know what's going on. Um, if you are classified as a senior, now, there's some people that... I just got to admit, you are a senior by the date of your birth, okay? And you just need to accept that. Um, but you are refusing and gritting on holding on to something. I don't know what glory days you're holding on to, but let's just own where we are. You are who you are. And uh, this Thursday, we have a seniors gathering, and it is a great time to come together and just to, to encourage one another in that. And uh, Tamar Schrader will be sharing on what it looks like to thrive here at City Harvest. So I want you to invite you to come on out. It's actually going to be held in the currently being remodeled chapel and so you will be the first official event taking place um, in there as it's still in process um, so you find out things like that now I want to look real quick at community life community life is everything from community groups to discipleship ministries discipleship ministries is demographic based so that would be like youth young adults men women seniors things like that most of those meet um, at least once a month and again, a great way just to stay connected because God isn't just about this thing here and we check this off our list. He also doesn't want our schedule consumed with church events because he wants us to uh, 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 rest and delight in him and he wants us to be able to love on our neighbors and, and different things like that. But there is encouragement that takes place in that way. So I don't know, are we able to go to church center? Okay, that's okay. I'm gonna go to it on my phone. Um, real quick, what I wanna do is give a quick commercials on a couple small groups, and we're not gonna do them all, and uh, we're gonna probably do some next week as well. Um, but I'm looking here at different community groups. Uh, Jan Stahl, are you in front here? Where are you? Okay, will you just give a quick thing on your um, basic Bible study and then the other group you're doing? Yeah, um, basic Bible study is if you um, have been in the church for a long time or, or you're brand new and the Bible is still is upside down to you, um, it, is, um, it is just Bible basics. We're going to go through the basics of Bibles of the Bible and also 
why that does then change us from his glory to his glory. Old things passing away, all things becoming new. That's the basics Bible study. The one underneath that, Christ in Colossians, is going through the book of, of Colossians. And the church in Colossians had some problems. So do we. And it helps us with our problems going through the book of Colossians and finding out what their problems were and how Paul solved them. Come on, awesome. Alicia, you want to do a quick on the Love Thy Body? Uh, we're reading a book called Love Thy Body. The author is Nancy Piercy. She's a professor at a university, um, and she just brings a lot of, um, of her study to uh, kingdom culture and American culture and what our beliefs are underneath. So we're going to be meeting twice a month and just discussing the book. Awesome. Tamar, uh, Boundaries with Kids. Um, all of us, no matter who we are, how old our kids are, we can always grow in our parenting. And so this is for parents, even grandparents, guardians of little kids, all the way to adult kids. Um, just to be clear, I'm taking this personally because I've forgotten a lot of this material and I know I'm not living it out right now and I want to be a better parent. So um, we're going to be doing this with the Robinsons and the Grenemans, Sherry and Jason. So we're super excited to learn how to have boundaries ourselves and have boundaries with our kids and teach them lots of respect. Good. Bob and Sue, endurance. Well... I'll let my wife share what we do in endurance, but it's really a group for 55 and plus. And the why we call it endurance, because you're not done yet. <laughs> Come on, Scott still has a plan for your life, even if you got arthritis. Uh, and so this is what we do. We usually do book studies, and uh, we meet at our house. We call it the barn. My wife can add anything else to that. What would you, what would you add to that, Sue? <laughs> uh, well, if I can get the mic, yeah. You can. We, we ah. have... Um, ah. We have a great time of food, fellowship, a lot of prayer, because we're, you know, we're community. We need each other in prayer times and the, the stuff. Um, I was, and also we're just there to support you in any other way, you know, moving, packing, whatever, gardening. I don't know. We just do it all, and we have fun together. So come on over uh, twice a month on Saturdays at 9 to 11. Check the site. Awesome. All right, uh, Fred Lake. Come on, you guys got getting to know Jesus. Amen. We could all use a little of that. Amen. Well, we have a, a rather small group, but we're all seniors. How about that? We meet uh, on Saturday, every second and fourth Saturday of the month at my house. I'm in the telephone book as far as... Uh, well, it's not the telephone book anymore, is there? <laughs> well, you know, us, us old agers at 93 can remember telephone books. <laughs> Doesn't Fred, Fred look amazing for 93? He's not joking about his age. I love it. All right. Um, we're going to stop there, and we'll do the other ones next week. Uh, if you, we're going to be opening our Bibles, and so if you need a Bible, will you raise your hand and leave it up? And the ushers, as they pass out the Bibles, they're also going to hand you a card. Um, now, as they do that, I want to say one last thing about community is 
if you want to join any of these groups, you go on the church center. So again, churchcenter.church or use the QR code and you get on there and then you go to groups. It'll be down at the bottom and then you click on the group you want to join and then you'll get more information about that group. What we ask is that you, that we all should be in community. If you say, should I? The answer is, yes, you should. Uh, and so to pray through the list and say, God, what group would be good for me to join? Not what group looks cool, not what group looks easy, not what group looks convenient, but God, what group would you like me to join? So we're going to be um, going into James. We've been looking at the letter that James wrote and looking at its applications as a letter for today. For all of us today, it is... Um, I was thinking about it, it's kind of one of those things like you read it and it's like, how did James know that we were struggling with all these things? Like who told him? Did somebody here send James an email and tell him about each one of us? Because somehow he knows what we're drawn to. He knows what our tendencies are and he even knows some of the things that we struggle with and um, and can easily get pulled into. And so we're gonna, today we're not gonna go farther than we already went, we're actually gonna do a review. So you should be getting a card that you can look at. It says the letter from James, and uh, in it says not just hearing or knowing, but doing and living. And um, we go back to the previous slide. I know I'm messing you up, because the way I'm doing this, it's not you. Uh, so the book of James, listening and doing, one of the main themes is that we don't just hear, but we actually put what we hear to practice. Or we don't just read, we don't just know in our mind, but we actually walk things out. Kind of our questions we're asking is, how would each of our lives look different if we not only heard the words of James, but put them into practice? So as we read these words, how would they Look, how would our lives look different if we actually put it into practice? How would City Harvest as a family look different if we not only heard the truth of this book, but put it into practice? How would it feel different if, if all of us decided this week, today, that we're going to put it into practice? What would our community groups start looking like? What would these, these gatherings where we come together be? What would it feel like when you're walking in from the, from the parking lot how would that be different? Last one, what would God do in us and through us if we were collectively transformed by this truth? What could God do in your workplace? What could he do in your school? What could he do in your family? What could he do in your marriage? What could he do in your parenting? What could he do in your relationships? What could he do in your friendships? What could he do in your neighborhood? What could God do if we allowed ourselves to be transformed by this truth? So, Going back to this card, we're seeing this as an active letter from James, something that is not just historical, though yes it is, but it's still alive and well and 100% applicable to you and me. To every single one of us in this room, this letter has something to say to us. The question is, are we going to allow it to transform us? And that's actually the main point of this letter is, are you only going to hear it, or are you also going to receive it? Now, 
I want to apologize to this side of the room. If you sit over here, periodically you should sit over there, because usually when I use a bad example, I'm, it's on this side. <laughs> and the good example is typically on this side, which is a little backwards for me, because I'm left-handed. So technically, I should favor this side and kind of be down on, on this side. But nonetheless, this is very applicable to us. And so what we want to do is slow down, pause, and not just race through it and like, let's just, keep, let's just keep going through so we get through it. But no, let's pause and sit and actually say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I remember that was, that was a, some, there was a truth in that message a couple weeks ago. And I was convicted I was supposed to change something. And then I got distracted and I haven't thought about that again. I totally forgot. Anybody here like me in that way? Okay. And so we want to look at it because, again, the purpose isn't just for us to go through good Christian teaching. The purpose isn't for us just to be able to say we read the Bible today. The purpose is that we allow God to come and transform us so that we walk out of here looking and acting more like him. So not just hearing or knowing, but doing and living. So the first message was on James chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. The focus there is on faith and endurance. The question is, what is your initial response to trials and struggles? We all have an initial reaction. Every single one of us does. And if you're like me, typically it's not the most holy or the most righteous or the most trustworthy response. It's easy to go to panic. It's easy to go to why me? It's easy to go to not again. It's easy to go to, um, what's the movie where he yells out, oh, smite me, mighty smiter, or whatever? Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty, yeah, and he yells out. You kind of feel like that, you know? Is that applicable? Does that work for this, kind of? Um, but it's kind of like you feel like, seriously, like I'm, I'm already getting hit, and you're here to hit me again. It can bring discouragement. One of the, the greatest things, regardless of why it's happening, we believe God is sovereign, why he's allowing it to take place, sometimes we'll never know until we're able to talk with him face to face and say, just, just one real quick question before I enter your wonderful place. Um, can you just fill me in what was going through your mind when you allowed this, this, and this to take place? I kind of understood these things over here, but these ones have never made sense to me. Um, like, why did you think I could handle it? And what did you... What was the purpose? But do we look at it and say, God, how can I reveal who you are to others even in the way I process this? Lord, what are you trying to shape in me? What are you trying to change in me? I want to read here real quick. Chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, any kind, any kind, come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, that can be really hard to stomach. And what James isn't saying is start jumping up in joy. I'm not saying you get a flat tire. First thing you do is pull over to a safe place, put on your hazards, get out your little reflective triangle, put it out, and then just pause for a minute and just thank God for his wonderful blessing of a flat tire and just start jumping up and down and someone pulls over. Can I help you say, hold on a second. I got about another 10 minutes of praising Jesus for this amazing trial that he so graciously gave me today. That's not the point. 
But the point is to find joy in that God works through all things. But in his working through all things, he never promised that everything was going to go our way. Every one of us could get up here and share about things that have taken place in our life where injustice took place, where we suffered loss, where we suffered accusation, where, where we've had to go through um, um, sickness and disease and all these things. What he does say is he wants to glorify himself through everything we go through. And no matter how hard it is, he does transform us to be more like him. Now, some of you guys, I, if you were here the last couple weeks, I let you know that I started working out again, and I want to be careful. I don't want to overdo the examples, um, but the examples are endless, let me tell you. Um, I did have one person afterwards say, thank God, uh, because we really missed Pastor Bob's um, workout analogy. So I just want to let you know that they're coming back um, in a new, from a new generation in a new era. But you know, there's something, if you've ever, forget working out, if you've ever weeded in the spring and your body's just not, I, I don't know what it is about weeding, but it is the lamest job that <laughs> tears your body apart. But there's something that happens, there is a pain that happens when we work out. And it is not fun, but you can consider it joy because you know it's developing something different inside of you. In the moment, it is terrible. And even in the process after it, it's painful and it, it limits your movements and all these different things. But you know that there's something God's going to do through it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So faith and endurance. But what do we get out of this? What can we think about? What is your initial response to trials and struggles? My encouragement is one that this week, that each one of us reads James chapter one through three over and over. Maybe you just read one chapter each day and you do it again, but you let it really soak into you. And then you pray through these questions and say, Holy Spirit, will you reveal where I'm at on this? Holy Spirit, will you show me how you want to challenge me? The next one was James chapter 1, 19 through 27, listening and doing. The question is, are you a good listener that struggles to do, or are you a good doer that struggles to listen? Sometimes we can be great. We have a lot of head knowledge, and we do nothing about it. We know all the right answers, but we don't apply it. Other times, we're great at just getting in and serving, but we never slow down to actually listen to God's leading. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20 says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Verse 22, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Man, I do that all the time. There's a lot of things I know that I don't put to practice. And it's interesting because the people that I personally struggle with the most are the people that I think know better and aren't putting it to practice. But yet, I do the same thing. 
I'll get into that a little bit later on how God convicted me of that this week, but I need to give myself some time. Um, so listening and doing. Do we just listen and not do, or do we listen for the sake of letting it transform us so that we go and we live the way God has asked us to? James chapter 2, verse 2, or James chapter 2, verse 1 through 13. Warning against prejudice. In what ways are you showing favoritism in how you treat others? Just reading the first verse here, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? You know, when I preached that message, I was feeling pretty good about myself in that area because I felt like, you know, we have outside is a banner that says, come taste and see that God is good. Something we've been talking about for several years is we want anyone to be able to come in and know that God is good. Not expecting them to have to clean up their act before they come in. That they have to go through certain things before people are able to come in because what we want them to experience is the goodness of Jesus. You and I have allowed ourselves to be transformed by Jesus' love, not because we went and got perfect and then came, but because we were brought into some environment where we experienced his love, which drew us closer and caused us to want to change. So I was feeling pretty good about myself because I get excited about thinking of all different groups that are marginalized and are disenfranchised and are typically rejected from the church, seeing them come in. Not for the sake of glorifying a lifestyle, but for the sake of them being able to experience the goodness of God and the love of God and the forgiveness of God. And then my wife asked me this week, you know, I was thinking, what if God isn't so much kind of confronting me saying, you're thinking that it's going to be this group of people that are going to come in. What if he actually wants to send you this group of people? And I was like, oh no. <laughs> because going back to the previous thing, it's the people that I think know better, that aren't doing it, that I struggle with. And I'm all pumped up about the people that don't know better. The people that because of their lifestyle or the families they were raised in are coming in. And there's something that pumps me up about that. We are in a team meeting on Thursday morning and we're, we're, I'm sharing and kind of exhorting about some of this. And I get hit even a little bit farther about what she can kind of challenge me on. So we pray and I repent. I'm like, Lord, this is what I want to see because it excites me. But I know that maybe you're asking me to humble myself and be willing to receive this over here. I kid you not, an hour later, we're sitting outside having a second meeting and decide to take it outside because it's still sunny and just to get fresh air. Two cars pull up. Someone gets out of the car and I'm thinking, oh, you gotta be kidding me. They walk right over to our circle and this person, um, it, it, what's it mean when they represented? What's the word? exemplifies, uh, embodies, uh, one of those things. They represented exactly what I was like, oh, please, Lord Jesus, no. And they come up and they start talking. And I'm like, you didn't really have to answer that prayer so quickly. <laughs> but the thing is, is we can all have a prejudice. And actually, just a couple weeks ago, I was feeling like, well, I know there's some areas that I need to work on, but this one I'm actually doing pretty good. And kind of pat myself on the back. 
No, we all have a prejudice and God wants us to work through it. I gotta hurry up here. James chapter two, verse 14 through 26. Faith without good deeds is dead. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? That's verse 14. Then verse 17. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Praise team, if you guys will come up. And the ushers, if you guys will start uh, placing the, um, the elements from the Lord's table. So the question on this one is, where would your faith be considered dead due to its lack of good deeds? Meaning, where is it that you and I have knowledge? Where is it where we even say we put our faith and our trust in something, but our actions don't display it? I used CrossFit as my example. That I understand all its movements. I understand how to do it. When they say something, I, I get it. I, I believe in its transformation. I, I have actually experienced its transformation in my life. Do you see the correlation here with the gospel? I can believe in it. I can know it. And I could have actually experienced it. But you know what? The truth was dead in me because I wasn't putting it to practice. So my, my um, stamina is like at a zero. Okay? I, I can't do what I once could do. I gotta bring it to life. And you and I all have things where we have it up here, but we can't fool ourselves that it's actually alive in us until it becomes an application. The last one, James chapter three, verses one through 12, controlling the tongue. Verse three, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of all small, a, a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes great speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great force on fire. The two questions here, ask Holy Spirit, in the words I speak and how I speak them, what needs to be made pure? Ask a few people you trust, how do I need to tame my tongue? I was praying about this one, and this one is one that I needed to be reminded on because I actually didn't go and sit and ask somebody. Mark, you can begin preparing your thoughts because I need to ask you. <laughs> Not right now, though. But, you know, I asked Holy Spirit, and what actually came to me is cussing. You might think, oh, he cusses. Yeah, I do. Now, I don't cuss out of anger ever, and that's how I can justify it, is because I usually, in a conversation that's kind of safe, I can use it as a, a word to add emphasis onto something. And I, I really don't struggle with cussing with, out of anger. If I hit my hand with a hammer, a cuss word doesn't come out. I just say, oh golly, that hurt. <laughs> but... But there's times where I can use it in an example. You know, one of the things we're going to be looking at is Jesus asked us to be holy as he is holy. He wants us to draw closer to him and to begin to look more like him. You know, I started thinking about it. God doesn't have to cuss just to add emphasis. There's a lot of things he doesn't have to do to add emphasis that you and I do. But realizing I might not actually think it's wrong or bad in the way I use it. And we can argue that at a different time. But the point being, 
is that it doesn't point people to Jesus. It doesn't glorify him. And it's actually not needed. In my own mind it might be, but it's not needed in that exact circumstance. It's not like if I'm talking to Jason and I just use all clean talk. Somehow he's like, I just, I don't, I, I'm not getting the point, Pete. I'm just, I don't understand what you're saying. God wants to refine our speech. I was thinking about there can be times where I'm in a meeting, even maybe tomorrow night talking and talking about a situation. It's not gossip. It's something we truly have to talk about. It's something where we really need to talk about the facts. It's not slander. It's something where we need to be able to communicate about something that's taking place. But there can be a difference in the tone, in the attitude in which I say it. The person's not even there. It's just tomorrow night talking. But I need to be more cautious that the way I go about it and not justify it, well, this is just venting. I need to have a safe place where I can get it off my chest. No, I need to have a safe mouth that glorifies God in everything I say and everything I do. So I don't know what part speaks to you. And we're kind of racing through this because we want to go into a time of ministry. We want to go into a time of singing and a time of just letting God do what he wants to do in and through us. So if you'll stand, if you're able, we're going to go into a song. It talks a lot about devotion to God. There are the communion elements up here at front and in the back. And I want to invite you as we go into this song to break out of your seat and, and go take it on your own. But take it as a time where you say, Jesus, I'm accepting your forgiveness over my life. I'm remembering what you did. But today, I also want to take this as a marker that as I go about my week, I want to walk differently. I want to actually put to practice what I hear. I want to talk differently. God, I want where I have faith, I want there to be life, not death. I don't want someone to say, man, you sure know a lot. You have great memories of the good old days. You got a whole bunch of testimonies of 10 years ago, but what are you doing now? But that, no, the way we walk today, people would say there's something different about you. I see, I don't, I don't know what it is, but you've changed. Your attitude, your outlook, the way you respond to difficult things, it's so different. What is it? How do you do this? And so let's take these cards and pray through them and say, Holy Spirit, show me how do you want to change me? That I would go from this place with a heart of all the earth would be able to know his glory. All the earth would be able to know his love. So Lord, I ask that as we continue on, God, this is yours, that your kingdom would come, your will would be done. God, speak to us. Lord, I pray for healings, miraculous healings. Lord, that cancers would dry up. God, that bones would be healed, that blood diseases would be cured. The things that we can't even explain with our mind, all we can say is, I don't know. God did something. Lord, that you would come and break addiction. God, that you would bring a cleansing in our attitudes, bring a cleansing in our speech. God, let us be devoted to you. In Jesus' name, amen.